One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. It's a Friday edition. It's the at-home edition, which, you know, this whole work-at-home thing hasn't really impacted me that much in the sense that I've worked from home since 2005, really. Um, but I, I will say the the what is really starting to affect me is the the lack of social interaction. I mean, normally I start my show by telling you, you know, I was at this conference or that conference or had the opportunity to go speak to this organization. And all of my speaking engagements have, have canceled out, I think, through July at this point. Uh, next one on my calendar is August. And, and of course, that's iffy right now. So hopefully everybody's staying safe. Um, we're certainly in unprecedented times. Uh, you know, as I talk with, with you know, all kinds of friends and, and, and business people, you know, the only thing I can even refer back to of what, you know, our current situation is like was uh, for the United States, 9-11. Uh, but we really just, the, the whole kind of country just took a pause at that point. It wasn't really shelter in place. Um, don't go anywhere. Don't say anything. Like everybody just naturally kind of took off and and mourned and, and, and got through that. And it took a little while. Uh, and I think that that's going to occur a little bit here, even when we get an all clear, you know, I don't think this is this, you know, something we're going to be living with, but I think it's going to take a little while for uh, the, con- the conventions and the seminars and those types of things, that business to kind of spin back up again, where people start to get, you know, feel safe to be in large gatherings. So I think the concert industry, the entertainment industry, Certainly, the speaking industry. There's, there's just a lot um, that uh, that I think is going to. It's it pretty much. I've I've written off the year in terms of any kind of revenue coming from that. Um, and that actually reminds me. Uh, in 2001, it was it was shortly after 9/11. I got a chance to meet with with the famed uh, Jack Welch, and uh, Jack uh, at the time, you know, we were going through the recession. Things were kind of kicking back off again after 9/11. Uh, and I was at a conference and shared a green room with him. And I was just kind of like a little gnat. You know, I was just staring at him in the green room. He's reading a paper. And he finally kind of gets frustrated and he, he closes the paper and he goes, all right, yeah, I'll give you, you know, one question. And that's it. I'm going to go back to reading the paper. And I was like, oh, thank you, Mr. Welch. said, uh, as a small business owner, what should I be doing in these times? And I, his advice that he gave me, uh, I think, really applies to, the advice that, that I would give small business owners right now going through this coronavirus piece. He said, first of all, whatever you think your revenue is, uh, whatever your projections are, just cut it in half. Start working off of a realistic standpoint. He goes, I'd even cut it by 25 to the 30% of whatever you're projecting for the year. And he said, the second thing I would suggest that you do is, is that you pay your best people. And he goes, I'm not talking about bonuses. I'm not talking about um, you know, perks. He goes, I, I'm talking straight cash. Make sure your best employees are taken care of and, and that they come through this crisis. And he said, the third thing I would do is start paying other people's best employees to come work for you because now's the time to show what kind of business owner and business leader you're going to be in terms of taking care of your staff. And uh, I thought that was phenomenal advice. So that's my little advice for you. I'm not going to certainly harp on this. I think from, from the news and everything else, we're inundated with everything that's going on um, with this virus, inundated with all of the things about, you know, staying home and, and social distancing. So let's, let's turn this then into a huge announcement. I've actually teased uh, this announcement for, for quite some time over several shows. And we're actually ha- have set April 1st as the official launch date, but the community is up and you can join now. So one of the biggest things that, that uh, I've really been trying to work on over the last several years is building a, a virtual community of problem solvers and people within this industry of project management where we can really help each other. I felt like that was an underserved community. And, and what I mean by that is there's tons of webinars, there's tons of educational opportunities, there's tons of symposiums, and those are all fantastic. The speakers are great, the information they give is fantastic, but it's always uh, high level, or we're talking about new methodologies. And, and yeah, you may get one or two nuggets of things that you can immediately start to apply at your organization or your current job. 
but one of the biggest things I continued to hear is, well, that's really good advice, but but you don't know what it's like in my company, or that's really good advice, and I've tried that, and I just don't know what the next step is. And so I, I really was was kind of chewing on those comments for a while. And so if you've been listening to me for a long time, um, I did a product launch probably a year and a half, two years ago, put some of my stuff online, and one of the things I wanted to create was a mentorship community. And I, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you how that was structured so you can understand uh, what, what it is that we're offering in, in this new community. So first, it was the Rick Morris Mentorship. And uh, it, was, it was billed at $250 a year uh, or $25 a month. And it was just a subscription that you could do. And I didn't get, um, I didn't get a lot of following. And uh, this past January, I was working with, with one of my mentors, who's Paul Martinelli. And Paul Martinelli actually is the person who um, brought the idea and launched the John Maxwell team for John Maxwell. And he was talking about virtual communities. And he says, well, the first thing you don't want to do is, is have it named you know, after you. Because a virtual community and, and coaching is really about the people. And even though my heart was where I wanted to be in terms of I really wanted this to be a service to help others, um, it was still the Rick Morris mentorship. And he's like, so you, you don't have a community that's, that's named after you. Um, and he said, so the, the second thing is you have to make it super easy uh, to join the tribe, because if you have some sort of monthly fee or if you have some sort of yearly fee, then people are going to question and and try to think through what uh, you know. Every time that 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 card gets charged, am I getting this value? Am I getting that value? Because if you really want to build a super vibrant community, he goes, there should be some nominal charge just because um, we want people that that are serious. We want people not just you know looky lose, but people that are that are really going to engage and and look for value. He said, but you got to make it super easy to join and um, super easy to leave and then super easy to come back. He was like, so he goes, the, the method that I see that works uh, best often is, is some sort of lifetime access to some content or to something. So I came back out of January. I was fired up, I was super fired up. And, and I called um, five people, the, the first five people I really thought of when, when I started to think through this, this piece, I was like, you know, if I really want to see an online community birth the way I, I know it can, then I need other voices, other people. So it's not just me on, on the faculty. I, I want to go get people that are actually better than me and smarter than me to, to be on the faculty. And so, uh, I, I made those phone calls coming uh, out of January and everybody said yes, you know, immediately. I mean, they were kind of some of the easiest calls. I didn't really even, once they heard the vision and where we wanted to go, they were in. So from around January 20th to now, uh, we as a, as a group have been meeting and have been strategizing and building out how this community is going to look, how it's going to function, building all the technology and infrastructure. And it's finally here. So, what we're announcing then is what we call the PM tribe. Now the P in PM tribe, the easiest one is for project managers, right? The PM, but we're also talking about program managers, portfolio managers, per, uh, people managers. The, the, the PM is, is really inclusive of anybody that is needing to influence. So if you're a personnel manager, if you're a payroll manager, if you're a project manager, uh, any of that kind of stuff, it really fits the PM tribe. And so the PM tribe itself is going to be a collaborative community focused on helping you increase your influence by, by giving access to these amazing coaches and, and mentors. And so there's going to be six faculty that's freely going to share their expertise and experience in defined specialties. We call those groups. Um, and so in these groups, we're going to have facilitated conference call discussions, but we don't want to be high level. Um, See, each, fac each faculty member, what they're going to do is they're actually going to host a weekly call. So there's an opportunity to engage, um, if you wanted to, six times a week, but you know, find that, that kind of mentor voice just for you. And there's a chance or activity to listen to them every week. And the faculty member will either do a short teaching or introduce a topic, but really it's about 10 minutes uh, of light teaching. And then the rest of the time is going to be open Q&A. And so we want to get directly, excuse me, to answering your questions and coaching you with ideas on handle, how to handle your specific challenges. I mean, essentially, 
we're building thinking partners for you. So they have the opportunity to, you know, if you've got a certain issue or a problem or you're trying to influence something through, you're running a project at an organization, you've got a difficult employee, um, you're wanting to impact the corporate culture uh, from within, but don't have a whole lot of uh, uh, power. All of those things, we want to be able to offer advice and encouragement and a community of people that have most, you know, a lot of people have been there, done that and can offer real world advice. So we don't want to be like lofty and, you know, grandiose and in, in, in the sense of, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, what methodology is the best. Like I want to get into, Hey, we, we started to go down an agile path and it failed and now we're stuck. What do we do? Right. I, like I want to get into that kind of stuff and really provide value and really provide a trusted community. And what I love about that as well is over time, we're really going to understand. So obviously in the beginning, you know, if it's the first time engaging, we'll get to meet, we'll understand what company you're working for, understand your challenges. But as we continue this uh, growth pattern with each other, we're going to be aware of that. So we can just kind of get into the nitty gritty. Uh, so the calls themselves are going to be recorded and archived, and they'll be a part of a, a members-only website in case you miss them, uh, which becomes kind of a, a, a library of exclusive content for you from these different faculty experts that you can search and use to help really with any problem anytime. So we want to handle the hardest issues, the thorniest problems as, as your trusted advisors, not fluffy dialogue or high level concepts. We want you to be able to get solid answers to real issues occurring in your workplace and then deliver powerful solutions that increase your influence. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to see you get promoted. And while we're not doing this for PDU opportunities for all of my PMI and PMP people out there, uh, PDU is a professional development unit. Uh, we're not creating PDU opportunities just to deliver PDUs, but of course, there's going to be PDUs offered for this. So what we're going to do is take a break right here. And when we come back, I'm going to introduce the faculty members of the PM Tribe. I'm so excited uh, about this group of people that we've got together. And we'll share that to you right after the break and listen to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance on this Friday afternoon, and we're talking about the launch of the PM Tribe, which can be found at thepmtribe.com. Uh, which is a collaborative community of really kind of the best project mi- management minds um, I know. So what what happened in, in the formation of this is uh, over time, you know, I've been speaking in the last 20 years to project managers, to PMI chapters, to organizations, companies, conferences, all those types of things. And um, so as I've gone through there, I've met people that, that were other speakers and, and you know, that generally there's a speaker's dinner, there's a green room and we get an opportunity to meet uh, each other. And um, 
when, when somebody just blows me away from stage is a great opportunity to start a relationship with them. And, and I've seen every single one of these people in action. Um, I know them personally and wanted to, to, to build a community really with them. So let's, let's start talking about who I'm talking about. So who are, who are going to be the faculty? So of course I'm on the faculty, uh, but uh, I made a phone call to Elena uh, Hill. So Elena's really had a, a colorful, colorful career in project and program management and has been doing it for about 20 years uh, through several functions, uh, worked on multiple continents, uh, but she's really uh, a veteran of the energy industry. And so she's got an engineering and an IT background, and she's used that to, uh, to leverage and help develop talent in organizations worldwide. She's a keynote speaker. She's an author, uh, a consultant for her dynamic and engaging presence. Uh, we met actually in Houston. Uh, I, I did a keynote presentation there, and Elena came up and, and asked if, if I would mentor her. And, and I get that question a lot, and I always kind of put everything back on that person. So you're certainly here to help. I'd love to, to work with you. Um, here's a link. You can set up time on my calendar. Let's talk. And And I can tell you 95% of the people that get that link will never schedule the meeting because they had the intent, but they, they just didn't want to take action. Well, Elena took action and we had several conversations. Uh, another good friend of mine by the name of Tracy Duez lives right around the corner from Elena. I know Elena worked with her quite a bit. Um, and so we had met then. And so she's somebody I've watched and, and uh, tracked her career and seen how, how well she's done. Uh, and her latest book is called What's Your Catalyst? And it's, it's The Power of Managed Change. And this, this book actually guides professionals in their personal and career growth while encouraging contributions in their organization and to the world at large. She's a fantastic speaker. She's actually going to be taking um, the, the change management lane. So she's going to be talking about uh, change in your organizations, um, how uh, to, to deal with change, um, all of those different things. So it's, it's really exciting uh, to have her uh, on the tribe. So she's going to be one of our faculty members. Um, and, uh, I believe her phone calls, uh, is going to be, uh, every Thursday at, uh, 7 PM Eastern standard time. And, and on our website, you can, you can find out how to convert the time and to where you are, but every Thursday at 7 PM, you're going to have an expert, uh, that's available to talk you through your change management strategies, what's working, what's not working, all of those fun things. So the second person uh, is really no stranger to this audience. His name's Colin Ellis. Um, Colin literally is is my brother from overseas. Uh, he's he's out of England, um, but now lives in Australia. And he and I met in Des Moines, Iowa, speaking at an event. And we just we you, when you have one of those connections that you just instantly you know hit it off with somebody. I mean, we laughed. We got really serious about issues. Um, we feel the same way. We both are, are big studiers of, of personalities and, and how to drive communications uh, to influence others. And he's, his huge focus is on changing the culture of companies, but doing it in such a way of not only, you know, we can go top down, but from bottom up as well. He started his career as a project manager in 97 and worked his way up through uh, program manager, PMO manager, and eventually he uh, headed up large project departments in the private sector and the government in UK, New Zealand, Australia. But he now works with individuals and organizations around the world to help them transform the way they deliver. And he does that through writing books like The Project Book, which was one of his latest releases. He's got The Culture Guide. Uh, he does keynote speaking, facilitating programs. He works uh, with very large companies in establishing their culture and, and what they want to do. So again, obviously his lane is going to be uh, driven around culture and organizational change. So on Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern, he's going to be talking about emotional intelligence and team culture. And, and again, it's it's set up in such a way that you'll get a, a brief teaching, but you're going to be able to hit star six or, or pose a question directly to Colin and begin a dialogue and have a conversation with Colin about what's happening in your organization. What do you want to see change? What do you want to be able to do um, and, and how you affect that? So our next uh, member of our faculty is then Elizabeth Heron. So Elizabeth started managing projects in 2000, and she has worked in financial services, healthcare, and the United Kingdom and France. Uh, she is a fellow of the Association of Project Management in the UK, 
and she's the author of PMI's best-selling book, Collaboration Tools for Project Managers, as well as tons of other books. But she now works with individuals as a mentor and trainer to help them turn what they learned to pass their PM certifications into workable strategies for real-world busy teams. And she and I have had a lot of fantastic conversations uh, because I felt like when I wrote Project Management That Works, it was the bridge between what PMI teaches and what you need to know for a certification to understand it, but then what happens in the real world and how do you blend those concepts? And Elizabeth uh, it, it speaks from that same piece. She's fantastic. She's going to be talking uh, uh, through her lane, essentially, uh, is how to be more confident as a project manager. So really how to utilize your tools, utilize your knowledge and start to build some influence within the organization around, you know, confidence. And so she's 6 a.m. Eastern on Fridays, uh, but she'll be talking about, and again, every Friday she's going to be available uh, to talk to us. Now, it's not separate charges or anything else like this. You get the entire faculty, you get access to all this. If you can't make a phone call, you're going to have the ability to, to listen and, and uh, catch a recording. Excuse me. So it's, it's I mean, th there's going to be just tremendous amounts of, of information out there for you. So moving on, um, our, our next faculty member is, is John Stenbeck. And again, John is, is really no stranger to my audience. We've had him on the show several times. Um, I helped uh, uh, write part of uh, the Agile Almanac Part 2. He, he has the Agile Almanac uh, Trilogy. He's probably trained more. Uh, people for the PMI ACP exam than, than anybody else that I know. He's a three-time Amazon number one best-selling author, uh, and he's done over like $3 million in sales. Um, so not only did he have the Agile Almanac Trilogy, but he also has Enterprise Agility in Healthcare. So he's PMP, Certified Discipline Agile Instructor, uh, Certified Scrum Professional, Scrum Master. But his goal is to achieve maximum knowledge transfer by giving you useful, powerful information in a really easy, uh, easily accessible format so you can deliver useful solutions. What's nice about, uh, you know, John as well is, I mean, he really has um, that giving heart. He's part of the John Maxwell team with me um, as well. And, um, you know, he's, he's just somebody that, he's one of the best connectors that I've ever met. In fact, one of the guys listening, John Watson right now, um, John Stenbeck actually watched how well John Watson took care of people. I mean, Watson knows kind of everything about everybody. He knows when, he knows your family members' names. He knows where you've been. He knows which job. He's just wonderful at connecting with people. And John Stenbeck used to take a look at that and, and just wonder how he did it uh, and started to model some of those behaviors. And, and John, in his speeches, uh, gives a shout out to, to, John, to John Watson all the time. But he's going to be talking about how do you deliver enterprise agility at scale? If you really know John uh, Stenbeck's story as well, he, he literally was a forensic accountant that uh, turned into a project manager who turned into an agilist. So when, when we have people, I get frustrated sometimes when people are teaching agile because they're only teaching it from what they know or from the methodology. Um, having somebody who's got the financial and accounting background as well as has the project management PMO delivery background on top of understanding how agile really functions is a phenomenal skill set that's really unique. And uh, again, he offers tons of insight, tons of uh, opportunities. And again, just want to grow ideas, have the ability to speak through things. So that's, uh, that's our faculty, uh, John Stenbeck. Uh, he's going to be doing it's 8 PM on Tuesdays uh, Eastern that he'll be doing those calls. And then finally, uh, last but not least, uh, Peter Taylor. So Peter's the author of a number one best-selling project management book called The Lazy Project Manager. And along with many other books on project management, PMO design and leadership, executive sponsorship, transformation, speaking skills. He's delivered over 350 lectures around the world in 25 countries and works today helping organizations become business agile through speaking, training, coaching, and consultancy. Uh, Peter and I spoke together in like New York City and Warsaw, Poland. I think we've been in Iowa together. I think we've been in California together. Uh, and somebody, he, he was one of the people uh, when I was kind of first coming out that really 
delivered with a sense of humor at the same time. And that was so important to me is to make people laugh from stage while you're, while you're teaching. Um, and of course, through the lazy project manager, which I, I love that it's kind of tongue in cheek, but you shouldn't have to work so hard to do a lot of the things that we have to do. If you do it in, in really solid systems and you understand what it is that you're trying to do and you set yourself up for success, it's all about working smarter, which happens to be the, the name of his lane, his, his group. So on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, every, every Tuesday, Peter will be there talking about uh, working smarter. And so that's the lineup. Uh, we'll get into my lane and, and what I'll be talking about here uh, on the next segment. But your lineup of faculty of the PM Tribe is Peter Taylor, John Stenbeck, myself, Elena Hill, Elizabeth Heron, and Colin Ellis. Absolute rock stars uh, in, the, in the industry and why I say that uh, they're, they're all much, much better, much smarter than I am. Uh, and I've learned a tremendous amount from them personally. And we want to offer that opportunity to you guys as well. So you can find out all about that if you go to the pmtribe.com. Um, on April 1st, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be hosting uh, our kickoff call. And we'll have all the faculty member on there. We'll have the ability to uh, tell you about the community, how it's going to work, how to engage. We'll go over the calls and the lanes again code of conduct, all of those things. We're ready to go. Uh, but you can join now too. April 1st is just the official kickoff, but you can go to the pmtribe.com and uh, sign up with us right now. We even offer one month free, uh, but we do offer a nominal fee, but it's lifetime access. The, you, you won't be charged again for access to the community. It's a one-time fee. So we're going to take a break right here. We'll come back and we'll talk about my lane when we come back to the work-life balance. You're listening to Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end -end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance on this Friday afternoon talking about the PM Tribe. We're officially launching that April 1st. You can join now in, in a pre-launch status. Uh, but make sure you're, that you're there with us on April 1st for the kickoff call, um, especially now, you know, it, it's, it's funny from a timing perspective, not funny at all what, what's happening. But from a timing perspective, we started this process back in January, ready to launch at this point. And now that we have so much time working from uh, home, um, it, uh, it, it's really incredible that the, the, the time frame in which we launched this and, and how things were going. So um, super excited and, uh, and ready to go. So what, what's my lane, right? So we talked about Peter Taylor is working smarter. John Stenbeck is going to be delivering enterprise agility at scale. Uh, Elena Hill is going to be change leaders. Elizabeth Heron is going to be a confident PM. Colin Ellis will discuss emotional intelligence and team culture. And mine is going to be about the blending of agile and PBM methodologies along with software. So, for those of you that uh, are just starting to listen to the show or just really don't know a lot about my background, 
Uh, but I've been in the the installation or implementation of project portfolio management and agile systems uh, for a little over 20 years. I've worked with just about every software package out there. So PlanView, Adaptive, Workfront, uh, Primavera, uh, CA's Clarity, uh, PDWare, PMWare, uh, and Microsoft Project, Project Server, as well as your, your JIRAs and version ones, uh, Rallies, which is now CA's uh, Agile Central, um, all of those different tools. And, and really, I even started a practice um, probably 10 years ago uh, that was called the uh, uh, total cost of ownership or total lifecycle management of software, wh- which would blend like a ServiceNow, a help desk with a CA Clarity, with uh, Jira, something like that, where each you know group that needed to use each individual system uh, would only work in that system and it would exchange information. But I would be able to tell you just ridiculous statistics about your total cost of ownership of software package because what it takes is so much duplicate entry and all this other stuff. Well, if we let people do what they're supposed to do naturally in systems, all the information's available to us and we can just bridge it together, including financials, uh, including other time management systems, all of those different things, and really start to pull those together. Well, that, that practice itself never took off because people weren't really ready for it. They were making huge investments in just to a project portfolio management system or just into an agile system. But now that we've gotten here uh, in 2020, everybody has all these systems and their biggest complaint is that they don't talk to each other. Uh, and really that happens because a lot of organizations make software purchases in silos. You, you buy uh, an agile package for your agile teams. Then you buy a project management package for your project management teams. You buy a financial package for your financial teams. Well, no one's really thinking about how they interconnect and how they should blend and all of that stuff. So what I'll be talking about in my lane is not only be able to answer questions of what you should do, shouldn't do, what software does what, what are the pros and cons of the different software packages out there, uh, you know, imagine you're at an organization, you're frustrated with your software and you just want some insight into, you know, what you should move to. Any of those types of things is what we'll be covering on my lane, as well as the blending of agile and project management methodologies. So the other side of my practice is really helping people who've gone through an agile transformation or have failed at going through an agile transformation. And the reason... Uh, that's important is, again, um, you know, I, I do a, a talk from stage called Agile Clowns and How to Stop Them. Um, but what happens is, is, is Agile is, is a promise of better things. And so most people think that, you know, if we go Agile, you know, our development teams are going to run faster. We're going to get more value. Um, but they, they don't have a culture that supports that. And so then what happens is you have like this pure Agilist comes in and turns the company upside down and changes all their ceremonies and changes people's titles. And, but they only do that from, from a specific development team perspective. Well, that team still has to integrate into the other uh, areas of the organization as well as uh, up to the top. And so what I see more than anything is this team has changed the way they worked, but none of the reporting and none of the management has changed the way that they think or changed the way that they look for reports. And so then you have a clash of methodologies. And what happens is that Agilist that, that was training people, does, they don't have the experience or expertise to be able to talk at an executive layer other than what their methodology says of, of what that executive should be doing, what they should be asking for, what they should be expecting, and get them comfortable before the Agile transformation ever takes place. So a lot of my consulting clients over the past couple of years has been just that. I walk into an organization I, I witness where they are, I hear the complaints from executives, and then I bridge those gaps. Um, and it's not a one-size-fits-all, but there's a lot of people with struggling. So for instance, I worked with one organization that did a lot of commercial off-the-shelf software. That's the type of implementations that they did. And they had an Agilist come in and, and teach SAFE. And again, SAFE's a great methodology. I actually don't subscribe to any one of them. Um, whether you do Scrum, whether you do Save, whether you do you know Enterprise at Scale, any of those things, that doesn't matter to me. Um, but um, they were doing Safe, but a lot of the terminology and a lot of the ceremonies that you do in Safe uh, don't really apply to how they work. But the Agilist was like, no, you got to do the ceremonies, you got to follow it this way, you have to go through the whole process, and that's not true. Uh, if we're having a ceremony or a meeting that doesn't produce any fruitful 
um, things. It, it, there's no outcomes coming from it. Then why are we having the meeting? I mean, it's it's just it's dumb. As a matter of fact, while I'm on that, I'm going to take a quick side note here. Uh, I was talking to uh, someone today who was sharing with me one of the meetings they were just on. Scheduled for a half an hour, went for uh, an hour and 15 minutes, seven people on the meeting. And the person who was leading the meeting wasn't prepared, didn't have any documentation, took about 30 minutes of the first meeting just to kind of get organized. And then nothing really got resolved. And, and that drives me crazy. I, I sit down with executives all the time and I go, okay, just count the number of people and how long were we here? So let's just keep it nice, even numbers. Let's say everybody's at about a hundred bucks an hour uh, in, in a fully loaded cost. There were seven people, it was an hour. So that just to $700. The question is, is, is there $1,000 or $1,400 or $1,800 worth of value coming out of that meeting? Do we make a decision to even push the needle that way? If we just spent $700, but people don't equate meetings and meeting time to money. And that's the biggest, one of the biggest wastes of money uh, an organization faces is meetings. And so you, you literally have to approach each meeting with what is the value or what's the, the monetary gain that we're going to get from spending 700 bucks. Like if I just asked you to come give me $700, you gave me $700. And I just looked at you and said, cool, thanks. And you're like, but what do I get? And, and there's no answer. That's what you're doing with corporate funds. And so I think, you know, we've got to look at all the different ceremonies. So coming back to the agile portion of this, just because the methodology subscribes that you should do a certain ceremony and certain people should be there, if it doesn't work for your company, then we need to change it. We need to find what will work for your company. And that's where we start to see Agile evolve. We also have to start at the top. So for instance, um, you know, the, one of their big things, one of the biggest waste of money I saw at this one organization was what they call PI planning, which is a ceremony of safe. Now, in theory, it's brilliant. PI planning is brilliant. What you do is you get everybody together, all of stakeholders in the room. So there's literally like 85 people in this room. And uh, they, they spend all day for two days. So you're looking at 16 hours times 85 people. So if we, if we just look at this, right? So 16 times, you know, times 85 times hundred bucks an hour, you're looking at it. This meeting costs them $136,000. And they, they start the meeting with the executives telling them the strategy. And my immediate feedback was that the strategy was way too high. There wasn't any actionable outcomes. So the executives didn't do enough work to prepare what I call features or, or even just uh, uh, products for them to do. So they were throwing these really high-level strategic objectives over to a lower-level team and expecting them to come up with what to do. And so it was two days of confusion, probably 20 meetings after that, because nobody knew what to do. And it was all because they weren't prepared. They didn't see that as a time waste because they said, well, that's what we're supposed to do. And Agile is supposed to deliver it. But their coach didn't really walk them through what is ready for uh, an epic and what's ready for a feature, what's ready for a strategic initiative. And so what we did for them was just build what we call readiness matrices. So before something was ready to go to the next stage, we needed to know these nine pieces of information. A really simple concept, but it, it allowed them to spend that $136,000 wisely because we were actually getting to the work done. So those are examples of things that I'll be discussing in my lane is if you're in a company right now that's going through an agile transformation, you're hitting roadblocks. If you've got coaches that are giving you information that you don't even feel is right, or if you're trying to take a piece of software and mold that to your organization, that's what we'll be discussing in my lane. My lane happens uh, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, and, and that's what we're going to talk about is agile PPM methodologies and software. So that's the tribe. Incredible uh, opportunity for, for all of us, especially now uh, with a lot of people working from home. I think the biggest thing, uh, opportunity, is if you look at it, uh, most of the symposiums and most of the opportunities to hear from like a Colin Ellis or Elizabeth Heron, those types of people have gone away. Uh, if you just look at what happened uh, in my speaking area, I was supposed to be speaking in South Carolina. There was going to be about 300 people there. They were going to spend about $250 each to come in and I was going to keynote. 
And so there was an expense that, that South Carolina was going to pay me to do that. And that was covered by the, the entry fees that all these people paid. So it was 250 bucks and, and you got, you know, maybe three or four different speakers. Uh, in this case, this is $99 for life. That it's, it's, it's a one-time purchase of $99 and you get access to all six of these speakers who, who get paid very, very well to speak and very, very well for their content. And you get direct one-on-one access with them uh, to help them speak into your career, into your influence. So um, I really can't say enough about uh, how excited we are about pulling this together. We already have, uh, you know, we're in pre-launch, but we already have about 300 members uh, to the community. And we expect that to, to grow pretty rapidly here once we launch April 1st. So that's everything I have to say about the tribe. Um uh, when I come back from break, we're going to talk about one other uh, project that we've just kicked off. That's a lot of fun. Uh, and again, just to offer you some entertainment, some fun, some laughs um, during, uh, hopefully you've got a lot of found time. Hopefully you're taking the time right now throughout this um, stay at home and shelter in place and everything that everybody's having to do to, you know, organize to, to get the projects done around the house. But if you're like me, I love to have stuff on in the background. I love to have podcasts going on in the background while I'm doing things and, and always take that opportunity to learn. So when we come back, I'm going to talk about one of our new projects uh, that launched on March 17th. And we'll do that right after the break. You're listening to Rick Morris and the Work-Life Balance. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the final segment of uh, Work-Life Balance this week. I uh, appreciate you guys hanging out with us, listening to us. Uh, reach out to me on social media. It's at Rick A. Morris on Twitter. Uh, Rick at RickAMorris.com is uh, email or rmorris at rsquareconsulting.com. Find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Uh, so just to kind of wrap up this week, obviously the PM Tribe is is our huge announcement. Very, very excited about them. So you, if you are attached in social media with me, there's tons of, of information out there regarding that. Um, but I do have a new project. Um, so in this one comes from my entertainment area side of the business. So a lot of, you know, uh, if you don't know that I was the executive producer for the official 30 year reunion of the Mickey mouse club. And I've worked with a lot of these people uh, for quite some time. And, and we're starting to uh, build some momentum off of that event uh, with some individuals in, in various stages. And, and one of the people that, that I absolutely love to work with, his name is Damon Pampolina. Uh, Damon is just a unique uh, talent person. He's, he's one of the funniest people I think I've ever met in my entire life. His brain operates at a whole different level, um, super fast, super funny, a um, little edgy, but, but just all around, just a fantastic, funny, funny guy. And so he had asked me about podcasts and, and that kind of stuff. So I went to Houston 
um, uh, about six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, and, and spent a week with with Damon at his house, and we laid down this new podcast uh, called "The Tongue Lashing" with Damon Pampolina, and it's available on all the different platforms uh, right now. So you can find it uh, pretty much pretty much anywhere. It's on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, it's on Google Podcasts, Acast, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Stitcher, all of those things. Um, the first two episodes have already aired and they, they drop every Tuesday. So uh, the first episode, uh, Damon talks about his take on contemporary music. It, it was right after the Grammys when we, when we uh, recorded that one and just uh, we're both kind of realizing we're boomers in the music industry. We kind of grew up with, you know, Tupac and Biggie and fat boys and beastie boys, those guys in hip hop, uh, which I felt were really good storytellers and, and, it's very difficult for me to listen to hip hop these days because it's really all about um, a lot of just just language for the sake of language. No real story. A lot of it doesn't have the rhythm. Everything's at 96 beats a minute. It just it, it's it's really been difficult for me. And, and so we talk about that, talk through that and his uh, take on contemporary music. Uh, episode two is is a riot. He talks about dating in the digital age. Uh, talks about uh, how social media has impacted the dating scene, uh, interviews some of his friends, interviews this, this wonderful um, uh, friend of his that basically uh, dated, I think, for three or four years. And she has great horror stories of what it was like to, to kind of be out there in the social media area. Uh, so that was our second episode. Uh, we dropped a special episode that's coming this Tuesday. He wanted to, to kind of not take a humorous take, but he he really did just want to kind of lighten the mood a little bit with some facts and, and kind of his views uh, on the coronavirus. Um, and then our upcoming episodes, he's, he's got one that talks about fetishes and, um, and he's, he's really big in the little people community. In fact, um, if you guys uh, watch the, I believe it's the little couple, which they're based in Houston, he uh, did their wedding. And so, I mean, Damon's huge in, in that arena, and he, he talks through that, some of his stories. Probably one of the funniest episodes I think I've ever uh, recorded with him. Uh, several times we, we had to pause because we were just crying from laughing. I mean, the, the guy's phenomenally funny, especially when he starts to get into that, that content. And then episode four, he talks about celebrity and social media and what, what responsibilities do celebrities have and what are their responsibilities um, when they have social media communities that kind of back them up. So, you know, you be careful with, with Beyonce. You don't want to tick off the Bayhive, you know, that kind of stuff. But what is the responsibility of Beyonce to the actions and activities of the Bayhive? And um, so not that community specifically, but that's an example of what he talks through. So that's called the tongue lashing with Damon Pampolina. It is out and available from wherever you get your, your podcast. Uh, super excited to have worked on that project and, and produced that podcast uh, for Damon. So we're going to be uh, ramping up our guests here in the in the coming weeks. Uh, so next week, I'm actually going to have the group from uh, Avion Consulting with us, which is Morgan Massey, John Gates, Steve Williams. They've got a new book called The Five Coaching Conversations, which is a research-based uh, research model for maximizing people's performance and potential. We'll have all three of them uh, with us as guests uh, next week as we talk through, uh, I, I think it's phenomenal content. We've had John on before uh, the show, and he continues to, to grace us by coming back. So that's the show that we're going to do on April 3rd. April 10th right now is is going to be me. And then uh, on the 17th, we're going to have David Osborne join us as well. So we've got some fantastic guests coming up. Um on the 24th of April, too, we have uh, a young lady by the name of Jennifer Kramer, um, and she does a, a, she's got a whole mission on uh, really building these new schools that are for at-risk youth and teaching them in a whole different way. So they've, they've had trouble in the traditional school system, but you know, they're not dumb. They're not stupid. They, they, they just need to be taught in different ways and in different structures. Uh, they've got phenomenal success. They're, they're building these charter schools um, all over the country. Um, and uh, uh, they, she's partnered with a gentleman by the name of uh, Daniel Pewter, who uh, is an undefeated MMA fighter. He's an undefeated MMA champ. And so we're going to have Jennifer on here. Maybe Daniel will jump on as well. But we'll have uh, Jennifer with us 
on the 24th. So as you can see, we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, I want to thank you guys for continuing to listen. I, I hope you guys stay safe. I hope that, you know, there, there's a lot of different opinions floating around there. The, the, the biggest thing that, that I urge you guys to do is to get educated on your own, not just straight mainstream media and what they're saying, but really find out different facts on your own. This is a serious thing. The social distancing is, is necessary and real. The, the shutdown of the country is, is something, again, I've never seen before. Um, but uh, I, I urge you to go get educated on your own. Um, don't, don't believe everything that's coming through the media uh, always, but uh, try to find some credible sources and, and, and come to decisions that's best for you and your family as well. Um, I, I think that uh, this is something that we're probably going to, uh, my opinion is going to probably last until May or June. And I think the after effects are going to go into like July and August before really things start to, to spin up again, based on the fact that, you know, these next three, four weeks, we actually get uh, control of, of the outbreak itself. So until then, uh, again, I urge you to, the, the, the biggest thing I hear in coaching and the biggest thing I hear with people when, when they're wanting to start a podcast or when they're wanting to, to write a book or do a journal is that the number one thing I hear always is I do not have time. And we've been gifted this incredible opportunity while it's serious and while there's a lot of things going on. And I'm certainly not minimizing any of, of what's happening out there. But if you are safe and you are home and you are practicing social distancing and work is not as demanding as it has been, it's an incredible opportunity to really focus on that thing that you keep putting off because you say you don't have time. This is the time, um, and, and um, I, we can't predict the future, but I've never seen anything like this in the past, which means you know, for the next two or three weeks is really focus and hunker down time and really produce that content or that product or that thing that you've been putting off. Um, that, is, that is my advice to you. Until then, stay safe. Uh, we love you guys. I appreciate you listening to the Work-Life Balance every Friday. We'll be right back here next Friday again with Avion Consulting. We'll talk to you all then. Until then, we hope that you live your own work-life balance. We'll talk soon. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.